Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So, I am not an expert in medication. And just to be clear, the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist is that a psychologist has a PhD. A psychologist has a doctorate of philosophy or a doctorate of psychology. Um, Your professors from college have PhDs. A psychiatrist is a medical doctor. And a psychiatrist, for the most part, will operate the same way that your primary care physician operates. You will come in, you will explain what your symptoms are, they will come up with a diagnosis, and then you will be given medication as an intervention for your psychiatric symptoms. Now, this gets confused a lot. Even people that I have been seeing for years don't always know the difference between psychologist and psychiatrist, and these words are so similar, it's understandable. Now, I think that because psychologists and psychiatrists often end up seeing the same people, although I am seeing people for therapy, I see a lot of people who are medicated and I end up in a lot of conversations about medication. Now, I think that in general, psychologists will always default to looking at situations and a person's upbringing and psychiatrists might more often default to just focusing on the symptoms and how to alleviate the symptoms. And some psychiatrists might take it to where they believe there's some kind of biological component to the symptoms as well. Now, neither psychologists or psychiatrists are always 100% right about the origins of things. And there is always this question of nature versus nurture. Was somebody born with a condition or did the condition develop? Now, if we think about some characters like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh or Mr. Snuffleupagus, these are characters who were portrayed as being sort of always depressed. And this was sort of their way of being. You get the sense that they were always this way. And so the characters show up even in friendly animal characters from kids' stories and TV shows. What ends up happening is that both psychologists and psychiatrists will see somebody, we all sort of default to our positions. Now, what ends up happening from my point of view is that as a person who does therapy, I am always kind of digging 
for the origins of some issue, some diagnosis that a person has. And I will dig into the family and try to understand what created it. And for the most part, people who show up in therapy have plenty to complain about and plenty of trauma from childhood. So it's not that hard to um, see where the origins started. I have never met somebody where I was confused about their diagnosis in terms of where it came from. I have never met a client and said to myself, wow, they have this diagnosis and it simply doesn't make sense because of their life history. Doesn't add up. I don't know why they have this diagnosis because their life was perfectly normal. I have never thought that. Every single person that I have ever met, I have been able to see exactly how and where their issues were created and how they were reinforced to continue in the person's life. But what my problem is, looking through the lens of a psychologist, is I have a tendency to want to work on the core issues and not have a person turn to medication. And my feeling is always that if we fix the core issue, then the symptoms will lessen and go away and there's no reason for medication. But I am at times wrong about this because what meds are supposed to do is they are supposed to help a person to function in their everyday life. And it has been a lesson for me because I have wanted people to sort of work through their issues and overcome their symptoms by working through their issues. And I have come to at times realize that their symptoms are getting in the way so much that they can't really work through things. And in that situation, when I recognize that that has happened, then I will encourage people to go take care of their symptoms, to go get some meds to make sure that they are in the best possible position in order to work through their issues. Now, I have a personal opinion about medication. I personally do not like putting things in my body and keeping them there. I am much more likely to take a PRN, which is medication that takes care of a symptom when the symptom is happening, versus taking a medication that always stays in my system and prevents whatever condition or symptom from happening. I don't like things staying in my system in general. I always want to deal with it when it's a problem, not prevent it from happening. Now that does skew things for me because I would also recommend the same thing for other people. That if 
you have an issue that is not an issue, then don't take medication for it until it becomes an issue. This is why I actually like things like ADHD medication, because ADHD medication gets out of a person's system very quickly, like within 24 hours, likely less than that. And so it can go into your system and be out of your system in a day. The other types of medication don't really do that. And it ends up that people have to sort of build it up in their systems. For example, certain types of antidepressants. And then if a client is to come off of those medications, they can't just go cold turkey. They actually have to slowly titrate it out of their system so that they don't hurt their bodies. And so I think that that is a very serious type of medication and that kind of medication concerns me a little bit more and mainly it concerns me a little bit more because people are silly about these things they'll decide they don't want to be on some type of medication that had to be built up in their system and then suddenly go cold turkey off of it and then have all kinds of side effects from doing that. And so I have to be careful too, to make people circle back to their psychiatrists in order to not hurt themselves in this way. So I have some other ideas about meds and that is, I have some ideas about psychiatrists as well. In most other fields, I would tell you it's probably important for you to see somebody with lots of experience. I would say that for the most part about therapists. You're probably better off to find a therapist who has been around for a while rather than a therapist who is brand new in the field. I would almost always recommend that. I don't feel the same way about psychiatrists. When it comes to psychiatrists, I feel like the old ones are not as effective as the young ones. And there's a reason for that. A lot of times what I find is that old psychiatrists will prescribe old medication. And older medication has a tendency to have far greater side effects than some of the newer stuff. I mean, these meds have been developed over decades and they've gotten better and better and better with fewer side effects or less severe side effects. And so when there is an old psychiatrist, they will often prescribe stuff that was new when they were young and coming up and they fail to see that there is newer and better medication now. Now, I'm not saying that's true about all older psychiatrists, but I think I've seen it far too often and it makes me uneasy about sending anybody to an old psychiatrist. Now, the other thing is that a lot of people will find it easier and cheaper to get psychiatric medication from their primary care physician. I also have a problem with this because the truth is that primary care physicians do not have 
the level of experience with mental health issues that psychiatrists do. In fact, they have years less experience than psychiatrists do with psychiatric conditions. And so as a result, they don't really understand all the nuances of what a person is going through and that they don't understand all the nuances of diagnoses and situations and that kind of thing. And so often what will happen is that they will have their 15 minute appointment with somebody, hear about a few symptoms, make a choice and put somebody on a psychotropic medication when they haven't fully gotten the diagnosis correct. And this has been a problem that I have seen. I have seen people medicated in the wrong way and when I have told them, maybe you should go see a psychiatrist and just get a second opinion, I find out that they are often diagnosed completely differently and put on completely different medication. And I see a huge change in them when they are medicated correctly. So that is a cautionary tale. I would say if you're thinking about medication, have a psychiatrist evaluate you, not a primary care physician. So that is another issue. Now, when I was coming up, it wasn't always a thing to have genomic testing. And basically what genomic testing is, a psychiatrist has the ability to test your genes in order to figure out what medication will be right for you and what medication will be wrong for you. And what it used to be in the world of psychiatry was sort of a guinea pig thing because what you have is all these different classes of say antidepressants, for example. You know, there are different ways that different types of antidepressants interact with your system in order to alleviate the depression. And same thing with ADHD meds and other types of meds where there is a huge difference in what happens in your system in order to correct the symptoms. And so when people get on the wrong type of medication, they will have serious side effects. Now in the past, that's how it was done. People would get on a certain type of medication. The psychiatrist would take a look at what the potential side effects were with that medication and adjust accordingly. And sometimes they got it right and sometimes they didn't. And sometimes people were just guinea pigs going from one class of medication to another. And it was awful. And people suffered for this. Nowadays, and I think I just read that the first FDA approved genomic test occurred in 2004, but I believe it was much later before 
it became a regular thing for psychiatrists to do. And I remember when it was first coming out, I was telling people, try to find yourself a psychiatrist who does genomic testing so you can cut to the chase immediately and not play this guinea pig game. And in the beginning, genomic testing was extremely expensive. It was thousands and thousands of dollars just to get the test done. So nowadays it's not that way. More people do it and it's much better, much easier than it ever was before. So if you have to get medicated, now's probably the time to get it done as opposed to like 20 years ago. Now, when you think about side effects, and I'm sure you've seen those TV commercials about different types of medication, and at the end of the TV commercial, they talk about all the potential side effects, may lead to dry mouth or suicidal thoughts or whatever the side effects might be. But I can remember sort of dealing with all the side effects many years ago before genomic testing was available. And I do remember sort of a domino effect. I mean, think of it this way. You have a person, let's just say, for example, somebody who gets into some type of accident in which they are injured. And so because of the injury, they're no longer able to exercise or participate in regular activities. And because they're not able to exercise anymore, they start to feel a little bit depressed. And they also simultaneously start to gain weight because they're not exercising. Then you put said person on an antidepressant that causes rapid and serious weight gain. And that person packs on another 30 or 40 pounds, say, and then they don't want to have sex anymore because they don't feel like they're attractive. And then they don't have any energy because they've got all this extra weight on them. And then they get more depressed because most of their life is ruined because of this. You can see how this type of thing could cause more problems than probably what it's worth. And so that being said, there are consequences for some types of medications when they're not working out. And one of the things that I have recognized is that if a person starts to feel like a zombie after they've been medicated, chances are they've been over-medicated. And that's a red flag and probably should go back to the psychiatrist. And so these are things to watch for. And then also, that being said, I have seen medication really be life-changing for people. I have seen people before and after medication, and I have seen tremendous changes in people. People who weren't previously diagnosed as ADHD and suddenly get on ADHD meds and suddenly are able to function in so many more areas of their life. They're able to listen to their partner, focus at work, 
remember things that they need to remember. When somebody who wasn't previously diagnosed as ADHD gets on the right ADHD meds, it can be amazing. Same thing with anxiolytics, meaning anti-anxiety medication. When people go through their life being afraid and fearful about everything they encounter every time they get in a car or every time they interact with people they are absolutely overcome with fear then having an anti-anxiety medication can be so good just in helping people get through their daily lives i've seen also people who had OCD at one time in their life. And the way OCD works is that people become obsessed with an idea of something horrible happening and they do some kind of compulsive ritual in order to make that idea stop. So if you've ever seen the TV show Monk with Tony Shalhoub, that he was a germaphobe of sorts in the TV show. Also, the movie As Good As It Gets with Jack Nicholson. This is a guy who had a compulsion to wash his hands with one bar of soap at a time, meaning he would throw away the bar of soap after he was done washing his hands. Now, I've worked with people who are OCD. Usually they have some kind of issue where they believe they have to do a ritual or something terrible is going to happen. What's interesting about OCD is the person who has it knows that their fear is completely irrational, but they can't stop themselves. For example, if they have to turn a doorknob four times, and they think they might have accidentally only turned it three, they're worried that somebody in their family is going to die if they don't do it a fourth time. So then they have to start all over and do it four times. And they know it's irrational, and they know that these two things are not related. However, if they don't do it four times and something happens, it was their fault. And so there is medication to actually fix OCD. And when people have been medicated the right way to fix OCD, their life completely changes because they don't spend so much of their day worried about things and participating in some sort of compulsion in order to make their thoughts stop. And then all of a sudden they can enjoy their lives and be present and it's incredible. Same thing with antipsychotics. If somebody is dealing with a lot of voices that talk to them throughout the day or noise that they hear throughout the day, the ability to take an antipsychotic and stop the voices and stop the noise can be absolutely life-changing. So I am not one to put down medication by any means. I think that it is absolutely necessary for so many people to just get through their life, to deal with their symptoms, to make their lives better. 
And I think that the truth is that symptoms can be debilitating and medication does have a place for people. And it can also work to help people to be ready to deal with the situations in their lives that are very, very difficult. Whether we're talking about coming to terms with trauma from their past, or we're talking about people coming to terms with dealing with a situation that they have to go through now, whatever that may be, that is very difficult. And they are overwhelmed by the symptoms that accompany dealing with that situation, then absolutely, there is a place for medication. Absolutely. You don't have to go through your life white knuckling things. And so my advice would be that if you have severe symptoms, you should get them medicated. But if you know that the symptoms come from some situation in your life, then you can utilize both. You can take the medication and go to therapy and have those things work together. And the other thing is that medication and therapy don't have to be forever things. That once you get a handle on everything in your life, there is no need to deal with symptoms or try to control symptoms. When you have worked through your stuff, your symptoms will go away and you won't need medication or therapy in the end. Healing is possible and life can be better through these interventions. Be well and thank you for listening.